Hey, it's Casey Potts, and you've landed in Casey's Corner, a podcast to help us millennial moms overcome the overwhelm of everyday life with confidence, humor, and style. I want you to look at this show as your go-to resource, your virtual bestie, or your secret weapon to sanity. I might not have all the answers, but I'm searching for them just like you. Why don't we find them together? So get comfy and get curious. This is Casey's Corner. Welcome to Casey's Corner. I'm your host, Casey Potts. Today's episode is gonna sound a little scary. Are you ready? Are you sure? Because we are talking about a digital detox for your kids. I know, I know this might seem a little crazy, but my guest today is Molly DeFrank, and she helps free families from their addictions to digital devices. She has a degree in international relations and actually worked as a press aide for former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. However, these days she is a stay-at-home mom and foster mom to six kids ages 13 and under. She has done this detox herself. She formulated a complete book around how to do it for yourself. I would love for you to hear our conversation because we are talking some actionable steps to get the kids away from the devices and not have a meltdown over it, as well as a quick little snippet about foster care and how Kennedy and I are actually taking that into the holiday season. Check it out. Molly, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thanks for having me, Casey. Oh my goodness. I'm just so excited and a little intimidated though. I'm not going to lie about this topic of a digital detox and how to get our kids to step away from the digital suck that they are all in. So take a second, kind of tell us about you and what you do. Absolutely. So I am a mom to six kids, four biological kids. And then two of those kiddos came to us through foster care and are permanently ours. They're a total blessing to our family. But a couple of years ago, I noticed some behaviors. Well, I kind of noticed them for a while, my husband and I. And if you're a parent today, you've seen it too. After the screen timer dings, the kids fall apart. These little entranced screen zombies. And it was starting to really bug me. And so one day I kind of, the straw that broke the camel's back was I came home from running errands and one of my kids greeted me at the door with, can I play on your phone? It wasn't like, hi, mommy. And I'm like, I'm, that's it. I'm done. So I called my husband at work and I'm like, I think we need to take all of the screens away. I think we should just take them all away. And he was super into the idea, but he also acknowledged like, hey, so you're staying home with them. I was homeschooling two of them at the time and we had a new foster placement. I had two three-year-olds. It was not a great time to take on something new, but this is pre-COVID. But he's like, dude, if you're in, I'm so in. And so we did it and we told the kids that night at dinner And they totally fell apart. And so, and I was terrified. I'm like, was this a really bad idea? Well, the next day it was like, we flipped a switch. My kids were more creative. They got along better. They would play independently for longer periods of time. And it just, the results blew me away. And so over the next couple of weeks, we realized, gosh, why would we go back to the way it was before? This is so much better than the hour or two we were allowing of passive screen time every day. And so we just kept going for I think at the end of it, it was like five months of this digital entertainment detox that we did. And then we made a different long-term plan to where we were just basically putting technology in its right place. What we didn't fully appreciate until we did the detox was that it was creep so much of it was creeping in over the last decade. And if you're a parent right now, I mean, the, the iPhone came out in 2007, the iPad came out in 2011. So if you're, if you started parenting around that time, 
you've been slowly like a boat taking on more and more water, you know, another device for a birthday, another request for, you know, a new video game or whatever. And we're drowning as parents. The data is showing that too. So parents, we're all in the same boat. And sometimes people are afraid to talk about it because they feel like it makes their kids look bad, but it's not really their kid's fault. This is an external thing that has a hold on our kids' attention. They purposefully bake addiction points into these apps and games. This is not Pac-Man. This is not the same stuff that we were watching and playing when we were kids. And so, you know, it just, what I do now is I help parents. I wrote this book called Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. And I help parents who don't want to move off the grid and get rid of all technology. They just want to take a break and then make a new plan. I help parents do just that. That's so cool. And it's so funny how you just said, you know, that they bake these addictions kind of, I noticed that there's such a formula to the cartoons and shows that are on right now for kids. We were watching, obviously we went through the Paw Patrol phase. My daughter is going to be six next month. We went through the Paw Patrol phase. Now there's like Bugs Bunny Builders on, I think it's HBO Max. And there's a few other shows that basically it's like whenever they get a mission, they all there's like an, a break in between that there's this song that goes with the break and then they all go into the tower and it's like a formula verbatim on each of these shows that I'm like, no wonder these kids get sucked in. And of course, listen, my my background is in marketing. I understand how that all works, but to see these and I'm curious to get your thoughts on kind of what other patterns and I'll use the word gimmicks, I guess are being used that really are catering and sucking in young minds? Yeah, great question. So, and this is something that I did not know before we did our detox, but through the course of observing the results and then writing the book, I did a ton of research. And one thing I learned was that, so, well, we know that the brain releases dopamine, that feel-good chemical when we do experience anything pleasurable. Well, these really brilliant minds in Silicon Valley have taken what we know about the human brain and how to get it to release dopamine. And they've baked it into the games. And now the amount of dopamine that's getting released in the brain is so much higher than what we get from real life. So that's why when you're telling your kids, why don't you go play outside? And they say, that's boring. It's not really their fault. It's just that by comparison, the amount of the dopamine hit is so much higher from a device, from a video game, from a tablet they're tapping than it is from going outside or reading a book or whatever. So it's not entirely their fault. There's a physiological change in the brain. Now, I would just encourage you, if your kid's complaining that something that doesn't involve a screen is boring, you can completely re, you can just fix that completely. And it starts with the detox because what you're actually doing is you're taking this two-week period to reset those dopamine levels. Now, when your kids know, okay, well, I'm going like two weeks without any of my favorite video games and apps or whatever, I can't just buy my time until the end of the day when I get my 30 minutes or whatever. You know, I have to figure out something else to do to fill these two weeks. So they'll be annoyed a little bit and then they'll get over that hump and they'll use their brain and their imagination to troubleshoot their boredom and they will start to find new things to do and they will learn to enjoy them. And now that those dopamine levels are back to normal, they have a a chance to enjoy real life, which, and most parents, if you're listening, you're probably, and you're a good parent, you're probably already monitoring your kid's screen time to an extent, right? You're not saying, sure, do it all day long. You're saying, well, we we are responsible. We limit one hour, two hours, whatever. Well, the reason why that doesn't help you fix the problem is because 
the dopamine is so high that when the screen is off, they can't break into this zone to enjoy non-screen activity. So that's why you need to do it for an extended period of time. That's why the detox works so quickly because you're at the same time as you're bringing those dopamine levels down, you are having this window of time to number one, observe your kids and see like, where are they interested or what are they interested in? Where are their talents and skills? And then you're feeding those things. So they're flexing those boredom negotiation muscles. You are going to be the wind in their sails. If they take a liking to art, you're going to get them some new colored pencils, new watercolors for, you know, for grownups, for, for older kids, if that's how, if they're older and really kind of figure out how to help cultivate them rather than just passively entertain our kids. Oh my goodness. I, I love that information that you just shared on the the dopamine and like, it just makes so much sense. And I think that there's, there's something to be said that that's likely in a lot of the marketing that we as adults are being fed as well. Right. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, even if you, what's so funny, we've shown our kids like ET, some of the older movies yeah, and yeah. I'm looking at my husband, like, gosh, you know, movies and TV has changed so much. Like I, my attention span has even gotten, you know, smaller because what we used to be able to pay attention for these scenes and the the cuts were longer. And, and now it's just, everything has changed. They, everything moves so quickly and bright colors and lots of sounds. So I mean, our kids are going to get better at what they practice. So if they're practicing gaming all the time, if they're practicing being passively entertained, then that's what they're going to rely on. On the other hand, if they're practicing creating, making, inventing, doing, exploring, having back and forth conversations with real life people, then they're going to get better at those things. And, you know, unfortunately, there are the stakes are really high because we've seen what happens when we put kids on a computer and on devices and we're living in the wake of that. We see we're in the midst of a mental health crisis. And so the antidote for that is more time face-to-face, -face, less time on our devices being passively entertained. And I think most parents know this. It's just that doing it, making a big choice to, to make a big change is sounds really scary. And I just want to encourage you that if you feel like there's a problem and your kids could benefit the fix is simpler than you think, and you'll get results faster than you think. And it doesn't even really have to cost you anything. And you can absolutely do it. I think that's the thing though, right? Is that there is such a daunting feeling around this digital detox, because obviously we have to be an example, right? So how does that look for parents? Does that mean, did you and your husband ditch your phones and everything? Or did you like secretly go into a closet <laughs> to check your emails and everything? What did that look like for the parents? That's a great question. And we actually did not detox alongside our kids. My oldest was okay. 10 at the time. And, you know, we, our big thing was digital entertainment. It was a break from digital entertainment for them. So yeah, we took all of the Netflix, YouTube, everything away from them. Now that said, we weren't sitting in front of them scrolling on our phones on Instagram or whatever, but it's a really good opportunity to actually have these conversations with our kids because not all technology is inherently bad, right? And it's good for us to have these, these conversations where we parse it out for them. You know, we wouldn't say all food is bad, but like too much sugar is bad. So, you know, it's a, it's a good conversation to have to say, well, look, I I also can get sucked into these certain things. I can spend too much time on the computer because I'm a normal human person with a functioning brain and my brain releases dopamine too. So these are the places for me that are sticky online. You know, if I spend time on Instagram or Pinterest, I can get sucked in, but it's also a really helpful tool for me. And so to share that wrestle with them humbly is really powerful. 
I do recommend if your kids are tweens and up and you're going to do a detox that parents do get some skin in the game. So detoxes are most successful when parents say, look, because I can't put my computer away or my email away for two weeks because I get fired because uh, I need to talk to your teacher because that's how I grocery shop and bank and all these things. But and for the sake of solidarity, I'm going to take this aspect of my own digital entertainment consumption during your detox and I'm going to do it along with you. And that that speaks really loudly to our kids. And that's really powerful. Oh, I like that a lot. I think it's so funny. I look back and I know there are tons of memes out there that are the comparison when you uh, are pre-kids and you have that moment of, oh, I'm never going to let my kids have an iPad at dinner or whatever. And then flash forward, here you are like, okay, we've ordered, here's the iPad. And I'm a thousand percent guilty of that because there are, and I know this is just a pattern and, you know, exactly what I'm sure you talk about with the detox and everything. It becomes a pattern of it's what they become used to. And they're used to just having a screen so accessible to them. You know, full disclosure, Kennedy has one of like my old cell phones that only has Wi-Fi on it, you know, and that's what she will use to watch Netflix or to watch um, Disney plus or whatever it is. And I think there's this scary element for a lot of parents that are like, wait, if I take away this screen, I've got to entertain my kid, right? There's, let's be honest. <laughs> and yeah. I'll be completely, tra- that's how I would feel. I'm like, there are some times that screen is the babysitter. You know, there are times where I'm like, all right, you've got to watch an hour of Netflix so I can get on and record something or so I can get a meeting done or whatever. So how do we kind of jump that hurdle? Yeah, this this is such a great question because first of all, this topic can have so much shame in it. And I like to just get ditch all that because we're all trying to do the best we can for our kids, right? We're all trying to work and provide for our kids and love our kids well and train them up well. And so let's just take the shame out of the mix. If we're talking about parents who gave their kids tablets from an early age, I am one of those parents, 100%. Um, It seemed like a really good fix for our family until I started noticing those behavioral things. So if this isn't a problem in your home, if you found a great way to make technology work for you and you're not struggling with this, more power to you. That's awesome. This is for parents who are like, you know what, something's a little bit off and we don't have a perfect handle on on this. We are seeing behavioral problems. We are seeing boredom complaints. And I think it's time to try something new. So that's one thought I had there. Here was the mind-blowing thing. When you do the detox with a little bit of upfront planning, and I, I lay it all out in the book, the first half is about the 14-day detox, what to do, how to prepare your kids, how to make sure they're not going to stage a coup, how to get in front of all these things. But the amazing thing that happens is with a little bit of planning, you can actually, within one to three days, most families I help find that within one to three days, the kids, something happens and it clicks. Kind of like when you potty train your kids all those years ago and you're like, the first couple of days are a disaster. And you're like, I, we're, this is never going to work. Like everything's a mess. But then something clicks and they figure it out and they start realizing, you know what? I have what I need in my brain, my imagination. I can make my own fun. I can call the neighbor or I can, you know, see if my sibling wants to play cards or I can color a picture or write grandma a letter or ask mom if I can do an extra chore to earn some money. Like they start to negotiate their boredom. They start to learn skills and want to learn skills and you're helping create those desires in them. So the thing that blew my husband and I away is that we actually enjoy more pockets of free time 
since we have gone more tech minimal than we did when it was a part of our everyday. Because our kids grew in their ability to entertain themselves and to be productive, to create. And the more they enjoy it, the more they grow. Now, that's not to say it's an entirely smooth road. You know, if you're building any sort of muscle, it's painful. It's a painful sure. process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to break the old muscle down in order to build yeah. new. So I promise you what you get out of this thing will be astronomically higher than what you put into this thing. So it's a little bit of work on the front end, but your results will truly be far exceed your expectations. Very cool. So tell us what would be three kind of like actionable steps or three little nuggets from your book that we can kind of take away and either start implementing into our day-to-day lives as parents in this technology space, or that could at least help us ease into it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you a bonus one. I'm going to give you four Woo-hoo. because <laughs> because you can remember it like this. You are going to undo the tech trance in your kids. Okay, it's an acronym. U stands for unplug cold turkey two weeks. Okay, in the book, it lays out some ideas for breaking the news to the kids, how to handle, well, what about school and technology? That's all in there too. Okay, so un- it has to be cold turkey. It has to be two weeks for the reasons we talked about with the dopamine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The N stands for notice your kids like never before. So as mom and dad, you already know your kids better than anyone on the planet, but you will get to know them more than you ever have once you take away this passive filter and you're going to feed the good and you're going to note the bad because it's your job to help kind of, you know, slough off those edges. If your kids struggle with patience or waiting their turn, those are the things, those are good indicators that, okay, this is something we need to practice. More board games. Board games are really great for that. So you're noticing your kids' giftings and areas they could use some growth. Okay, D, develop a list of screen-free fun ideas. I have a hundred of these on my website. You can get them for free. Um, I have a ton in the book too, but you're gonna go sit with your kids shortly after you tell them about the detox that you're gonna do. And I have a free template on my website too, if you want that. Um, And you're gonna brainstorm. You're gonna say, okay, we have two weeks. YouTube's gone. Netflix is gone. What are some things we could do for fun? And don't be surprised if they're like, this is so boring. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> you're the grown up in the room. You're pumping them up. You're like, no, it's gonna be so fun. You can throw out some ideas that you did when you were a kid. And pretty soon, hopefully they'll start to warm to the idea. But either way, you're gonna get some things on that paper, on that list. The reason for that is twofold. Number one, you're showing your kids they have what they need inside their brains mm. to come up with ideas, okay? You're getting them used to that troubleshooting boredom process. Okay, and number two, You're getting in front of those hard days when you need to take a phone call or you need to record a podcast episode or whatever. And your kids are saying, please just let me use the iPad. And you're really close to just saying, fine, take it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you got in front of that because you sat down and made that list and it's right here on top of your fridge. So you can say to your kid, listen, we're not giving up until we're to the end of our two weeks. You can pick something from the list or you can do several chores. But if you say I'm bored, I got a tour waiting for you, or you can think of something fun. Okay. (laughs) So there's a little mom hack for you. Okay. And then the last thing is, oh, undo, open the books. You can make a bookworm out of any kid. I promise you I've done it. I used to think that some kids like to read. Some kids don't. Well, no, that's a bunch of bunk. Okay. When you take (laughs) technology, digital entertainment off the table, now your kids have an opportunity to read for fun and actually grow an interest in that. So don't necessarily think the first book you open, they're going to love could take a little matchmaking. 
I have some recommendations in the book. Actually, there are two chapters on this, how to get kids to read for fun. So it's not, you know, the teachers require a lot of reading in school for whatever, but that's not what we're talking. We're not talking about book reports. We're talking about like book club where it's actually fun, where kids get sucked into the story. So I kind of help parents identify a genre their kid might like try nonfiction, try joke books fact books for your kids who are reluctant readers, because then they only have to do a little bit of work to get something interesting and gratifying. So lots of tricks like that in there, but that's essentially the detox. I expand on every single one of those things with really practical tips. And that's all the first half of the book. Oh my gosh. I love that. And what good, what great, great little nuggets. I love it. Undo. So perfect. Well, one more thing I want to chat with you about just before, I mean, listen, we're both busy moms. We got to get going, but You are a foster parent and you now have, you said two that are permanently yours, which is amazing. Kennedy and I are actually doing a little bit of a project this year. Earlier back to school time, I partnered with Pottery Barn Kids and we did a backpack segment on KTLA out here. And I had a bunch of these backpacks, brand new, beautiful backpacks left over. And something always has really struck a chord in me with foster care and with adoption and just seeing the amazing experiences that I had as a child that I'm now able to, able to give my kid and just thinking about kids that don't get those kind of opportunities. So what I would love to get from you as a foster mom and as someone who has seen a lot of these kids kind of come in and out is what are some essentials that would be really impactful for them to get as gifts or in like a backpack of necessities? Oh, that's a great question. The first thing that comes to my mind is like a journal. Okay. I think that would be so awesome. You know, a lot of times with these kids who are in in therapy, the therapist will say, you know, write about it, write it out. That really helps untangle a lot of the stuff you're going through. Or even for younger kids, like a sketch pad, some art supplies that can be so therapeutic for them. Um, Kids who can't write yet. Um, One of the kids that we had in our home for a while, his therapist would have him draw pictures and kind of um, even like a memory book would be great where they can fill it in and, and keep track of their life story, their life map, just so they can preserve those memories, no matter where they are moved around to, they can remind themselves of their, their story of origin and that they are deeply loved, you know, by the people that come in and out of their life. Yeah, those are, that's so fun. I love that you guys are doing that. That's such a beautiful, tangible way to care for kids with high quality, nice gifts. I I think that's really It's hard. I feel like, you know, we're all in this season of giving when it comes to the holidays and we are fortunate enough to be in a position where Kennedy really wants for nothing. And I really want her to understand that she has such a power and a privilege to give and to be able to the sense of excitement that she gets when she gets something, she can give that to someone else and it can be just as gratifying. So I think that this is going to be a really great tradition to kind of kick off. And I just want to make sure that things that end up in these backpacks are really something that's going to be beneficial to them and things that maybe normal donors don't think of. Yeah. I love this idea. I think you're instilling such a a gift in your own daughter to teaching her generosity and to look outside herself. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I think, I mean, I just, I think that there's often, especially in foster care, which maybe this is something you can kind of shed some light on. What are some misconceptions that a lot of people have around foster care and the foster care system? Mm, that's a good one. You know, I think one of them is that basically I'll just tell you Kids love their biological parents 
They love them. And so when you're coming in to be a foster parent, most of the time they want to be with their biological family. So you're kind of stepping into this place of, of caring for these kids who are hurting and want to go back and they can't because of safety reasons. So I think the most important thing I, for foster parents or one of them is just that loving the kids where they're at. And sometimes that doesn't look like a lot of gratitude, but that's where the love has to come in and kind of cover your own, you know, just forgetting yourself and loving the child in front of you wherever they are. And foster care, you know, it each case is totally unique. It's hard to say something specific, but I think you just got to take it day by day and just love the kids well. I'm a person of faith. So without my faith, I don't know how we would do this because just knowing that God is sovereign and in control and in looking out for these kids who he loves deeply is give brings me a lot of peace. But yeah, it's a beautiful thing to care for, for these kids. In fact, the book of James says that that's what true religion is, is caring for orphans and widows in their distress. So um, I think it's really great what you're doing. Oh, thank you. And it's amazing what you're doing as well, welcoming children into your home. I hope that We'll be in a position at one point to do the same. So I will reach out back. I'll reach back out to you when that kind of when that comes around because I'm sure I'll need some guidance. Awesome. I'm here. Awesome. Well, tell us, is there anything that's kind of in the pipeline? Anything you want to share or tell everyone where we can find more and learn more? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at mollydefrank.com. If you go to my website, if you buy the book, I have a bunch of free gifts for you. Um, I have a how to convince a skeptical spouse guide. If you're super fired up about this, but you're like, my husband is this is just not- about detox or is this in general? Because <laughs> I might need a general yeah, guide. Yeah, <laughs> good point. No, it won't fix all of your problems. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it will help you kind of put out the most compelling case for why we should try this thing. Also, your table topics for your family. I've got that on there. A bunch of free stuff for you. You just got to head to my website and I'd love to hear from you. Go to the contact part of my website too. If you have any questions, I love hearing victories. I get really fun, encouraging notes all the time from people who are like, I was a little skeptical, but this blew my mind. And so that is the best. So I would love to hear from you. If you do the detox, go get some free stuff. And yeah, thanks for having me, Casey. Amazing. Thank you so much. I will have everything linked in the show notes and we will get uh, this is in as many hands as possible before they start detoxing because they're going to need their phone and their social media and everything to find you. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Thank you so much, Molly. We'll chat soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to rate and review the episode or better yet, do me a favor and go ahead and give this a share over on your social media. If you're on Instagram, be sure to share it in your stories and tag me at it's Casey Potts and I'll be sure to send some love right back. Stay tuned for more podcast episodes. You can also find me over on Instagram or on YouTube by searching Casey's Corner with Case. See you real soon.